Good morning, International Christian Fellowship, Rome, Italy, online, on campus. It's Pastor Jennifer here. It's summer and God is doing new things. It's a new season. And so today I want to say welcome. Welcome to the family. We love that so many have joined us online and now we're seeing them join us on campus. So I invite you today to lean into worship, to lean into the ministry of the word. For those of you that are traveling and you're working or you're on holiday, we don't go on holiday from Jesus. He's with us always. He's as close as the mention of his name. So as you enter into worship, I pray that you have a blessed Sunday. Thank you for joining us and know that the Lord has a great word for you today. Amen. You can be seated. I am so thankful for today. Somebody say praise God. Praise, God. praise, Jesus. praise Jesus. Welcome Holy Spirit. Welcome. You know, the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit is powerful to redeem our lives. Amen? And so today I have someone very special that has come to join us. And I'm going to invite Pastor Tez Brooks to come to the platform for me and his family, his beautiful wife, Christine, and daughter, Annika, would you guys stand and let them see your beautiful faces? We're so glad the family is with us. We welcome you. You're going to take that microphone. This is a TV mogul, so I don't need to tell you anything about how to do this stuff. But um, so first of all, before I let you say some stuff. I'm going to say some stuff about you, which I think is so amazing because I always say that we sow seed. Amen. And sometimes we get to see the fruit of the seed, but I want you to know that Tez is a missionary all over the world, coaching aspiring writers. It's long, but it's powerful. Speaking every week on the radio, Tez's passion for walking with God is evident. One of his books, how many are there? 14 books? Wow. One of his 14 books, The Single Dad Detour, was named Book of the Decade by Serious Writer Academy. Academy. And recently, Christianity.com featured him in 50 Authors You Should Know, Tez Brooks. So I'm sure you're going to need to look up those books later. He is a multiple award-winning filmmaker, international speaker. His work appears in Christian magazines around the globe. Tez and his beautiful wife, Christine, have worked with the Jesus Film Project, a ministry focusing on reaching teachers for Christ, and they have four children and live in Colorado. I think I skipped a page. 20 years and served with the International School Project. I want to tell you a little bit about the Jesus film. Tez brought me a strip of the original Jesus film, which is very special. But how many of you have heard of the Jesus film or you've seen the Jesus film app? Okay, a couple of you. You need to download it. If you want to tell anybody about Jesus, it's in, I think, almost every language. But here's what I want you to know. It's been around since 1979. Tez saw the first movie when he was a teenager at a winter retreat with us, really? Wow, that's, see, he remembered more than me, and the rest of our Michigan youth group. Then he was called into ministry at 19, had no idea he would one day work as a missionary for that Jesus film organization. That is so amazing. But here's what I want you to know about the film. The film has been translated into more than 2,000 languages. It's in Italian. And it's in the Guinness Book of Records for being the most translated film in history. It's been shown in over 240 countries since its creation and has helped 230 million people come to Christ. Can we give God praise for that? Every 15 seconds, 15 seconds, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. Every 15 seconds, someone indicates a decision to follow Christ after watching the film. And over the last 10 years, a million churches have been planted, and 70% of those were started because of a Jesus film showing. And with that free app, it's now available in any of the 60 films in hundreds of languages. But what I want you to know about Tez, 
<laughs> How old were you? <laughs> when, 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 were when, you? when we when I yeah. met you, uh -huh. I was uh, seventeen. 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 Uh huh. Yes. And so, tell us a little bit about like how you know me, how you met me and uh, Pastor Rick. Yeah. So the Lord led me to your church uh, as a teenager, and uh, I fell in love with the youth. And then they said, "You need." Uh, I had met them at a roller skating rink where all the churches got together in the area. They said, "You need to come and meet." Pastor Rick and Jennifer, and I'm like, okay. I was looking for a church, and, and when I came, I just fell in love with you guys. Just, um, <sighs> <laughs> oh, I love you. 15 uh, years old, you said? Uh, 17. 17. 17. Uh, we won't ask how old you are now, but it's a few decades I after. turned 60 uh, wow. two days ago. Oh. Yeah. Happy birthday! Yeah. Bon compliano, Tanti yeah. Awesome. Yeah, but I think one of the things I remember most was just how you built into my life. And I was only there about uh, a year when you said, uh, Tez, we'd love for you to, we want to build into you and help you become one of our assistants and a youth leader, even though you're a youth yourself. And that meant so much to me that you saw some leadership in me, and you were one of the first people. And here I am, you know, I've just, God's called me into leadership and ministry for, you know, year, decades. And um, one thing that meant so much to me was my mother died unexpectedly when I was 18, and you and Rick were right there with me, just uh, helping me through that. Um, and just building into my life, and I went off to Bible college, and you guys encouraged me and said, yes, we feel like there's a calling on your life, and I just didn't know what I was doing, <laughs> but you kept speaking into my life and building into me. It was so sad when you moved to another church, but God continued to put people in my life like you guys, but you were the first. Wow, that's awesome. So if you're the first to teach our children from last week or the teenagers, online i want you to know it matters it matters so very much and i mean this wasn't in my notes but lest we think that everything is serious did we have a little bit of fun in our youth group in michigan oh too much fun uh-huh you know i don't know if you remember one time what y'all did at my house I'm so sorry. <laughs> I still regret that. Yeah, no, don't regret. No regret. We toilet papered all the trees in her house, <laughs> and we stuck little plastic forks all in the lawn. Then Rick had to go clean up every fork separately and, and spray down with a hose all the toilet paper. And I think we ruined your, your mailbox as well. <laughs> we knew it was we were, a fun thing that we used to always do back in the we day. We knew they were getting a new mailbox, <laughs> so we went ahead and ruined it. But yeah. that was not. And I think, I don't know if it was that time or not, where Rick hid in the bushes with the hose because yes. he got word that they were going to try to come so he yeah. was going to try to spray them <laughs> it didn't work no. <laughs> so we did have some fun we, we had did. lots of adventures yes. together yes. and you have continued to have adventures and I know you're going to share a little bit this morning for a few minutes but maybe just a segue today we're talking about redeeming proof and I'm just wondering along the way um, did you ever feel not redeemed did you ever mm. say hmm I'm not sure about my calling and how does God's redeeming love, how does it affect where you are today? You know, yes, there, there's been times when I um, would walk away from the Lord, but the, he was always faithful to have a short leash on me. You know, when you have a long leash on a dog, they can, they can get pretty far away. He always kept a short leash on me, and so I would find myself repenting and just very uh, sad and um, running to the Lord, like within hours of falling away from the Lord. But life is messy. And um, we don't always, we stumble, even as believers. And all through my life, I mean, daily I sin just by thinking, you know, a thought or a gossip. Or, we daily sin, and yet the Lord is so faithful to, um, to say, you know what, Tez? I see you with rose-colored glasses. And what Jesus has done, he's already paid the price for your sin. And so it doesn't break our relationship it, it, uh, when we sin. And that's what I love about the Lord and my relationship with him is um, it affects our relationship and I need to return to him and say sorry and repent. But it never breaks off that father-son son relationship. When Annika would, uh, we would cross the street when she was a little girl and she might pull away from me, that I didn't immediately say, okay, I'm not your father. <laughs> I'm not your father anymore. I, you know, I would correct her and bring her back and gently... And that's the relationship we have with our Lord and Savior. He, he, that our salvation is not fragile, and that's what I love about um, about my relationship with Him. He's so faithful. As much as I fall, and and you guys knew I, I fell quite a bit, uh, 
But uh, yeah, he's just always there. And I think that's what I love that when we were singing about his faithfulness, I just started weeping because that's what he's been to me, yes. faithful all my life. Yes. I don't know why I'm so emotional. Well, I think it's because I'm with history. you. Yeah, it's history. <laughs> I do that to people. I make them cry. You're bringing back a lot of memories, and uh, I'm just grateful God is here. so faithful, Tez. Yeah. And, you know, you, you've touched peop- millions of people. I mean, you know, sometimes we think our, our personal life maybe isn't doing everything we think God called us to do. Mm. Many of you know that when we came here, God told Rick we were going to reach a million people. And we didn't know, he would always say when he, people would say, how are you going to do that in a church of 300 or 400, if you count all the people that are not here at the same time, 500 maybe. But over the years, in, in the first five years, we reached over 2 million people. Wow. And then in, in the next couple years, we reached at least a million every year through online. We know that through our online process, we've been engaging around 200 to 250,000 every year. And some people watch online, as many of you did, and then they come here on campus. So that's really awesome. But I just want you to say to us, I, I mean, you're on the radio every day, and you're telling people about Jesus every day. Why is Jesus so important to Tez Brooks? Oh, because he saved me from so much. And I encourage people. You know, a lot of times we're afraid to share the gospel. We're, we're so afraid of rejection. But when um, the fear of man becomes bigger than our fear of God, it shuts us down. And so that's what I encourage people on the radio, just different ways to have relational evangelism happen in their daily life. You know, you, you can't always knock on the door and tell someone, hey, you're a stranger, but I want to tell you, you're dying and going to hell. <laughs> yeah. You have to have relational evangelism. And I think that's what I encourage people mostly is, you know, it doesn't happen overnight reaching people. It's a relationship that you have and they want to see how are you different to where they finally say, you know what, I want what you have. I, this, this Jesus thing that you have, I want it. And, and that can only happen sometimes when you have a relationship and you step out in faith, whoops, yep. step out in faith and, uh, and share the gospel because um, the Lord doesn't say you have to lead every single person to Christ. He says, share the gospel. And then we leave the results to yep. God. We, in the power of the Holy Spirit, we do what we can and leave the results to God. That person may get saved 10 years down the road. And for every person that you've seen, like me here, I'm standing here, there's a, a hundred, a thousand other people that you'll never meet till you get to heaven that will come up and say, thank you for building into me, for giving to the Lord. You just had one conversation with me, Jen, but uh, you met me on the street and you shared Jesus for five minutes and you just don't know who you're touching. Every person we, we come in contact with, we have an opportunity to shine our light. And I think it's so important when we talk about redeeming love that um, we have to be open and honest with the Lord first and foremost. Yes. And then we have people in our lives that we can say, hey, I need help. Pray for me. Yes. And one thing I appreciate about Tez is over the years, he reached out to Rick and I, um, reached out to me. I saw him at General Council, which is where our Assemblies of God were. He had his booth there. And uh, I mean, your bio is like, I want to bow. <laughs> This award-winning filmmaker and author and all the millions and millions and millions of people that your life has touched. But now I was thinking, how cool is it, Annika, that you're here as a teenager about to enter her senior year of high school. And I knew your dad when he was probably your age. So it is a generational thing. I just can't thank you enough for coming today in this month, in this week, and being with us and uh and that's another thing we don't think about you not only reached me but all of my children and my grandchildren you know how we sow into people's life we don't realize the long lasting effect that that has on future generations yes and we talked about it in wednesday on groups that ripple effect of not only the ones that we bless and 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 invest in in a good way but also if we choose to make a wrong decision or we choose to pull away that's also going to affect them so that should be something that is very present in our heart and our mind that jesus didn't redeem me just for me right i mean when i think about this bio that you shared with me that what if I would have given up at some point and then God couldn't have touched Tez? Or what if when Tez fell as a 19 or 18 or 17-year-old kid? 
And we had just said, you know what, it's too hard. Never mind, you can't be a leader. But I believe in grace and accountability for my life, yes. for your life, for our lives. That That's the beauty of the redeeming power and love yes. of Jesus. If we didn't have that, we wouldn't even be here today. Amen? Amen. It's not about judgment. It's not about what I pay to receive. It's about he gave his life yes. so that you and I could also tell someone else. And yes. I can't wait to see the party in heaven that's going to be happening because we did something together even when we were continents apart. Yeah, and his beautiful wife has also been a missionary in Turkey and mm. around the world. Just really quick, can you say what you were doing like right before you came here? Not just Venice, but before that. You were doing some missions. In Spain, yes. Yeah. So we spent a week on the Camino. If you don't know what that is, uh, most uh, it's like the Appalachian Trail for Europe. Uh, people go on the, on the hike 500 miles to, to uh, hear from God, and they don't always get that. Um, and so we ran a hostel for uh, a week and just shared the love of Jesus. We used short films that I'd written to get spiritual conversations going. And um, seven people came to Christ that Hallelujah. week. Hallelujah. Yes. So come on, y'all. Seven we, people came to Jesus in two weeks ago. And we had uh, almost 300 spiritual conversations or sharing our testimony or the gospel in some way. And so a lot of times we will get emails back from people uh, saying, hey, I... I didn't really respond, but I wanted you to know I've come to Jesus, yeah. uh, and it was because of you putting those thoughts in my mind about uh, the Lord, and so we don't know who we're touching. And doesn't that make you, when you get those emails and you hear that, makes you realize I'm not giving up because right. it mattered. I right. might not have thought I, I made success on that week or that day, but it did matter, and yes. you get those testimonies. That's why the word of our testimony is so important. Amen. So thank you, thank you, thank, thank you. you. Anything else you want to say to them before you let me have my just time? Just want to bless you and that the Holy Spirit would just flow through each one of you and give you boldness to share the gospel in Jesus' name. Thank you. Amen. God bless you. Love you. Love you. Thank you. Give him a good ICF realm welcome. Thank you so much for that. I think it's so perfect that today we are talking about redeeming proof. And I want to ask you, do you know the Redeemer? Do you know him? He is Jehovah Goel, which means he redeems us. Maybe you thought your best days are too far out of reach. You're tired and weary, and it feels like the best days are for everybody else and not you. That's not true. That's a lie of the enemy. Maybe you feel like you messed up in too many ways. Here's a witness today, a whole family. You can never mess up. You can never be too far gone that God can't redeem your story and use it way beyond what you could ever ask, think, or imagine. Maybe you feel your best days are behind you. And you're feeling like, I want to go back. Don't. Don't go back. Because God promised in his word, he has something better. Say better. better. Type it in the chat. He has something better. Jesus is the redeemer. He redeems our story for his glory. The enemy wants you to go back because he knows if you go back, you're not going to reach all those people you just reached two weeks ago. If you don't keep going forward, you're not going to reach those people that are ahead tomorrow. Don't go back. Maybe you have no idea what your best day looks like. That's okay, too. Jesus knows you. He created you. He formed and fashioned you. He knew the story that you were going to tell. He knew what was going to be happening in your father, Sharon, in your daughter. He knew the miracle that was going to unfold. Wilson and Karen, he knew the miracles that were going to unfold in your family. And so today, I want us to understand the redeeming love of Jesus can make every day, say every day, every day the best day. Every day the best day. Can you imagine what would happen? I mean, it takes some discipline because we walk by faith, not by sight as believers, right? Discipline to wake up and go, today is going to be my best day. Because you never had this day before. So if you don't declare that today is going to be my best day, then you're going to get a boring day. And when you declare today is going to be the best day I've ever had so far, something is going to strike you in the day. It happens to me all the time, and I suddenly go, wow, God, you redeemed this day when I had 10 things I had to get done, I got five done, 
But then I saw that you protected me in traffic and you gave me that divine conversation with someone. He redeems every day. He sends you his redeeming love letters. I have it on my, on my iPad today, but in the Bible, he sends you a redeeming love letter. If you don't read your Bible and you wonder if God loves you, read your Bible. God loves you. When you have a Bible app on your phone, maybe you don't like to read. Maybe you're not a very good reader. It's okay. Some people are way better with numbers. God bless you. (laughs) I like letters, so I'm good with letters. But the Bible app will talk to you. And sometimes when you just feel like, I'm not sure what to do, play Psalm 27, 23. Play Psalm 91. Play Matthew. Play Romans 8. Play Colossians that Paul wrote here in Rome. Let, let it, it'll talk to you in Italian. It'll talk to you in your language. And let that word of the Lord become something that you hear. And this is what I do. When I'm listening to his word and I hear something, I stop. I pause it. I look it up. I take a minute and I say, okay, Lord, I'm going to hold on to that word from you. His word His presence, his plans. Say it with me. His word, his presence, his plans. That's how he redeems us, right? And so today, I'm going to tell you three things. The first one is that when you know his redeeming character, it will change your character. You can't stay the same when you know the redeeming love of Jesus. You may struggle with the flesh. Paul said we do that. But when you know the redeeming character and power of Jesus, it changes your character. Changes the way you act. It changes the way you think. It changes the way you react. It changes when you're writing, and then suddenly you hear the Holy Spirit say, delete that. Delete that post. When you start to like something, because you just think, oh, let me like it, like it, and then you read it, and you go, wait, no, no, I don't like that. That's, That's not exactly what I feel God is saying. Let me unlike that. Do you understand? It changes your character. The second thing is when you know his redeeming love, it will change the way you give and receive love. You see, the enemy knows that if he can take our fathers away, if he can make us not have that family environment that we want, to think of Abba, Father God, as someone who loves you and wants to hold you and be with you, It changes the way you see God when you look through that horizontal glass of family here on this earth. But can I remind us today, my relationship with Abba, Father, is not horizontal. It is not compared to my father or Pastor Rick's father or my grandfather's or your missing father. Abba is supernatural. Say supernatural. He is someone who is vertical way up in heaven, but also right here in my heart with me, as close as the mention of his name. Even my earthly father, who I was blessed to have a good father, would be there for me if I needed something. He would correct me when I needed correction. But there were times, and now, he's not here. But Abba, Father, is always here. So if I know his redeeming love, it will change the way. I'm not going to look at somebody and say, I'm not giving you love because you didn't give me love. Right? I'm, gonna say, I'm not giving you love because I don't know you. It will say to me, I, let me understand your story a little bit more. Let me understand why maybe you're out there on the corner at one of our shops. And it's taken almost 10 years to get a smile and an acknowledgement and a greeting from one of our business owners down there. Every day now I get a greeting though. And sometimes I get a smile. And I've even noticed that sometimes that business owner is watching out for me when I'm walking across the street or I feel it. And I've had several conversations with him. And I know Pastor Wayne did too. It changes the way you give and receive love. I could walk right past that person and say, they don't have time for me. I don't have time for them. I'm not looking at them. I don't want to smile at them. I don't feel like smiling. I know, sorry, camera. But I want you to understand something. When I, when I live my life, I'm giving love. When I look into someone's eyes, I'm giving love. I'm saying, I don't know everything about you, but I know that Jesus loves you. He knows your heart. He knows what you need. 
Let me just tell you a little bit about what he did for me. You have a story. You have a story that God is using, and so it changes the way you do life. And thirdly, redemption covers every need and every deficit. Hear me. I know that we are a church with many nations. I know that many of you that come on a regular basis have invited Jesus to be the Lord of your life. But like Tess said, we make mistakes. We have needs. We have deficits. If I didn't believe that Jesus could redeem every aspect of my life, I wouldn't be standing here. If I didn't believe that Jesus would fill every need and every deficit, you wouldn't be sitting in this open building with open worship, with a praise team that is saying, he is faithful. With God, it's greater. Amen? I mean, it's greater with God. So this morning, I want to tell you that Max Lucado, who's also an award-winning author, says, I draw strength from God's word where he tells the stories of the heroes of the faith who have blown it. Can you think of anybody in Scripture that made a mistake? Huh? Who? Name them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Type it in the chat, Peter. Yeah. I mean, some people made mistakes in, like Judas, <laughs> Samson. Yeah. Yes. See, you're typing it in the chat too. Imagine, we think that the redeeming love of Jesus is only for the ones who made the big mistakes. They found Jesus and now their life is perfect. No. The redeeming love of Jesus is for those of us that find Jesus. We make mistakes. We get confused. Tragedy strikes. Difficulties happen. And the redeeming power and presence and plan of God comes into place. And we say, God, you are Jehovah Goel. You redeem my life. Amen? I want you to look at Isaiah 48, 17. It says, this is what the Lord says. Your redeemer. Say, my redeemer. He's your redeemer. That's what the love letter says. I am the Lord, your God, who teaches you what is best for you, who directs you in the way you should go. Because I want you to hear what he says. I also want you to look at Exodus 6.6 6 in the New King James Version. It says, therefore, say to the children of Israel, I am the Lord. I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians... <laughs> under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will rescue you from their bondage, and I will what? I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgment. He's taking us not just from the Egyptians, not just for the children of Israel, but maybe Egypt represents your past mistakes. Egypt represents that past thing that had a hold on your life. And he's saying, I'm going to rescue you from that bondage of the past, that defeated mindset that I can't do it, I'm not good enough, I'm not spiritual enough, I might as well forget about it. He says he is the God of Goel because he redeems us. And he's going to wipe that away for you. He's going to wipe that defeat attitude in our mind away. I rebuke defeat in Jesus' name. I don't hold on to it. I don't set a table for it and say, uh, you know, okay, defeat, you can have this played, and doubt, you can have this played, and um, bitterness and, and unforgiveness, you can have this played. Let me just sit here with you. Let me just build an address right here at this place. Do you understand what I'm saying? If we're not careful, we'll do that. If every day you're telling yourself that person hurt me, I can't forgive that person, you're setting a table and building an address to that unforgiveness. If every day you wake up and say, I'm not blessed, I'm not favored, everybody else has it better than me, you're setting up that judgment and that comparison attitude, and you're building an address that's going to keep you in defeat. But when you clean the table, I love to clean the table. I don't necessarily like to prepare the food on the table. I let other people do that. Y'all know that. I love to make reservations, but... Um, but I don't mind cleaning the table. I love to 
clean the dishes and get new dishes and put them on the table. That's what God wants for us today. I know who I'm talking to today, both online and here on campus. I'm talking to me, that we are in a position in the summer when if, if we're not careful, we can say he's run out of redeeming power. I've maxed him out. <laughs> There's a song, I think I mentioned it last week or a couple weeks ago. It says, God says, I'm going to roll up my sleeves again. Boy, this girl's calling on me again. Let me roll my sleeves up. I got to get down there. I don't think he does that. I think he says, like you said, I love my daughter. I love her. I'm not going to let go of her. I'm, I'm going to say, come back over here. Come back over here and spend time in my presence. When God gave commands about the kinsman redeemer, and you can read Ruth, to know more about that as well. He was establishing a pattern and requirements for one who would redeem. So I want you to understand as we talk about redeeming proof over the next three weeks, that a redeemer is someone who takes what's messed up, pays a price for it, and then gives it something new, a restoration, a rebuilding, a beautiful thing in scripture. And so... Redemption covers every need and deficit a person could have. In mercy and great grace, God provided a method of redemption for those who experience loss. He redeems our days. My best days are not behind me. It's hard to imagine because they were so wonderful that God has even better days ahead, but that's his promise. And he has always fulfilled his promise for me. Always, always, always. And so if he can fill the deficit, who can I tell you about? You're going to look it up, but the woman at the well. I think Pastor Manny or maybe Chris, I can't remember, spoke about the woman at the well just recently. Rahab, David, some of you mentioned, Moses, Jacob, Esau, Peter. These are people in the love letter from God saying, you're not the only one. Think about all those people I just said, David, Moses, Jacob, Peter. They all walked with Jesus. They walked with God. They were called by God. Peter saw miracles. He walked on water. I'm talking to people who know Jesus but make mistakes and fell. And here's what happens. When we make a mistake, if we don't say to the Lord, okay, God, come do something new in me, we'll get old and stale and the roots will dry up. The roots will dry up. Don't let the roots dry up. But Job was in deep distress in his body. Some of you have encountered physical things in your body. Online, we pray for miracles. We've been praying for Wilson and Karen's beautiful daughter for three years. And last week, she walked and crawled and danced and sang and called her mama by name. What if they had quit coming? What if they had quit praying? What if they had quit testing her little legs to see God move in that? That's a miracle. That's a miracle that we get to be a part of. Tez's life is a miracle. All the millions of people the Jesus Project has talked about. I can tell you right now, Pastor Rick would be jumping and dancing and shouting and hollering. I'm sure he's doing it in heaven because he'd be like, yes, Tez, I knew God had something for you. But here's what I want you to understand. Job was a man walking with God. But the Bible says he was afflicted on every side. His children had been killed if that's not unjust, I don't know what is. Their houses and their wealth destroyed, and even his wife turned against him. He was suffering in his body, and he was ready to die. But what did Job say in Job 19.25? But as for me, I know, say no, I know that my Redeemer lives, and he will stand upon the earth at last. Now, here's why I think that's so important. Because Job was saying, I feel like I might die. <laughs> but I know that my Redeemer lives. My family has died. I'm sick, but he's going to be standing on the earth at the end, Jesus, my Redeemer. So Job was saying, I'm not going to put my trust in a doctor. I'm not going to put my trust even in myself. I'm going to put my trust in the one who redeems my life because at the end, he's going to be the one standing. I love seeing what God has done in this city. I mean, I know there's a lot of empty cathedrals that are beautiful all over this country. But I believe that when they were first built, they were built to give God glory. They were built to say we want to honor our God. 
And somewhere along the way, people started to worship the building or the people on the planet instead of the God that they built it for. And Job was saying, think about it. When you go in these buildings, you see in lots of places here and around the world, people who said they had a God. They had somebody, Muhammad, Buddha, whatever, right? Even Peter, Paul, and Mary. You can see where they're buried. Jesus is not in a tomb somewhere. Our God, our Redeemer is not buried. He's not dead. His body is not enthroned in stone. It's not encapsulated in a big vault. He's standing at the right hand of God the Father. Somebody say amen. God is my strength. I know this. He becomes my salvation. He will bring us out regardless of what the enemy may do. We have to be like Job and say, I know that my Redeemer lives. He will bring me out. When you know his redeeming character, it will change your character. This morning I'm asking you, do you know him? Not just do you know of him. You know, to know in the biblical sense is, is like it's integrated. Like I really know him. And I know if Tez had time, and I'm sure it's in a lot of his books The thought that God knew you, every single aspect of you, every single thought, every single decision, every single blessing ahead and every single mistake ahead, and he had a plan for blessing. Kept your beautiful wife, Christine, for you from Turkey and around the globe saying, I'm going to put this man in your life, Christine, and together you're going to touch the world. Annika, he knew what God was going to do in your parents before you were formed in your mother's womb. So the best is still ahead, and it's happening right now. The best is now. Say now. I want you to believe that. If I know that my Redeemer lives, then I can honestly say the best is now. Every minute may not feel best. Every day may not feel great. But in my heart of hearts, if I focus on the Redeemer, it changes the way I think about life. When you know his redeeming love, it does change the way you give and receive love. It's not based on the world's standards. I do love blessings. I love to bless. I love when I get unexpected blessings. And I will tell you that this month I intentionally sowed some blessings, sacrificially in different ways. And the Lord surprised me at least three specific times in the last seven or eight days. It's amazing. It's amazing. Not just, I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about things that I said, Lord, I'm pouring into this ministry or I'm pouring into this life or I'm, and then all of a sudden God was putting people back in my path, even this morning, to pour back into my life and say, I hear you, daughter. I hear you. I want to give you a word that I want you to give and receive love and never stop doing it. Jehovah Goel. The Lord, your Redeemer, is with you. Say, he's with me. I want you to believe it with everything in you. Don't forget, when you're out there on Friday night, he's with you. When you make a mistake, it's not like he's over here going, I can't look, I can't look. She failed me. In fact, I think he comes closer and he says, I saw, I understand. Just say my name. He won't force He says, choose you today. Every day you have to choose. But I want you to picture, it's not like an earthly relationship. It's not like a friend on this planet that says, oh, well, you you said no five times, so I'm not asking you anymore. He always says, just say my name and I'll be there. Say Jesus. Say it again, Jesus. It's not hard to pray. You can say that word, Jesus. At the name of Jesus, everything has to come under subjection. We have authority over those things. You have a Pentecostal power available to you through the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody. We're going to take communion in a minute. Marlon, will you come to the piano? Isaiah 43.1 says, For now, says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and who formed you, O Israel, Fear not, don't be afraid, for I have what? Redeemed you. I have called you by your name, and you are mine. He knows your name. 
He knows how you spell it. He knows what language it's in. He knows where you are. If you have a finder on your phone or whatever, you know sometimes you can find your family. God is always with you. He's always got the finder on. There is nowhere we can go that he's not finding us. We can't go too far away. We can't be too close. We will always be called by him. Amen. The Lord, your redeemer, is with you. You are rescued by the blood of Christ. 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19 says this. You were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold. And you weren't bought with money. From your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers. You were redeemed with the precious blood of Christ. As of a lamb without blemish and without spot. This morning we're going to take communion. And... If you do not have a cup, I want you to raise your hands. You should have gotten one when you came in. But if you don't have it, please raise your hands. They're going to bring it to you. Just keep your hands up. I'm going to keep talking. Keep your hands up, and they're going to bring you the cup. So here's what I want you to know the Redeemer has done. He has released you from the bondage of your previous failures. He has released you from the bondage of your previous failures. Psalm 25, 22 says he's redeemed you out of all troubles there's no trouble too hard that he won't walk with you that's his promise he has redeemed your soul from the pit that's in Job that's a promise he redeems my soul when my soul is wounded when my soul is bruised when my soul is depleted he redeems it Jesus Christ has redeemed us from condemnation and the curse so that we could be adopted as sons and daughters, Galatians 3 says. Lamentations 3, 57 and 58 says, You came near when I called you. And you said, Do not fear. This is Lamentations. You, Lord, took up my case. That's what Tez told you this morning. You redeemed my life. See, the enemy wouldn't have tried so hard to block Tez's ministry if he didn't know, like, man, this, this guy, I feel like God's going to do something, and I don't want God to do it, and I'm going to really try to block it over and over. But then God comes and says, don't be afraid. I took up your case. I redeemed you. There's a reason for it. There's a reason that there's that ripple effect. I'm not talking about one or two or three million. I think, we, what did it say, 250 million? 230 million. We're all a part of that. If you've sowed seed into ministry, you're a part of that. If you've shared Jesus with someone, you're a part of that. Every 15 seconds, someone on the planet is saying, I need the Redeemer. And I want you and I to be the ones that will tell them. He came to heal the sick. He came to forgive your sins. He came to give you peace and joy and hope. If you let him, he'll do these things. He came to take your turmoil and turn it into triumph. I mean, this is what triumph is. We hold our arms up. Can you do this for me? Maybe if you're online, you can put it in the chat. I don't know. Yeah, thank you, Wilson. This is triumph. This is saying when I run across that finish line, man, I'm saying I did it. I did it. I did it with the help of the Lord. That's what triumph is. When you don't know what to do, lift your arms up and say, God, Jesus, the Redeemer, I need your help. I need to be victorious today. This is your warfare weapon that prays unto the Lord that says, Father, I need to know you're with me. And I need you to know, God, I'm with you. I'm with you, Jesus. You know, we have to make that commitment on a regular basis to him. I'm still with you. I'm still with you, Jesus. You are the Redeemer. Psalm 107, 1 through 3 says, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say this, Those He redeemed from the hand of the foe are redeemed. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Can you say so? Yes, Father God, you have redeemed my life. You are redeeming my friends. You are stirring up something new in us. I didn't believe that God had a new word for you and a new word for me. I promise you there would be no reason to be here. Every day has something new. 
a reminder, a refreshing, the rivers of living water. I see your tears this morning. And I want you to know that Jehovah El Shaddai is your creator. He can create a miracle out of a big old mess. He's Jehovah Nisi. His banner over us is love. He doesn't write a banner over you that says broken, bruised, wounded, failure. No, he writes a banner, Jehovah Nisi, that says love. You're loved. He loves you. He loves you. I want you to feel that love of Abba. The Father. He loves you. He's Jehovah El Roy. He sees me. The Redeemer sees you. He understands your questions. He understands your doubts. He understands your confusion at times. He's Jehovah Ra, my shepherd. He guides us. He's Jehovah Rapha, the healer. We discover more facets of the redeeming love of Jesus when we walk out our stuff with him. We discover more facets of his love when we walk through our stuff with him. You try to walk through it alone, you're not going to get any big revelation. When you walk through it with God, just sit with Him. I promise you, sit with Him for five minutes. Turn a song on. Turn the scripture on. Read it and begin like that magnifying glass. Say, wow, I see the proof. He is Jehovah, the Lord, your Redeemer. We're going to take communion. But I want you to know the Redeemer has sent you a love letter today. I want you to... I put it on your chair. It's in English or Italian. Right now, I want you to get that love letter out. As you prepare to take your communion, I want to read 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19. It says, You were not redeemed with corruptible things, like silver or gold, or from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish or spot. So here's what I want you to hear from the Lord. My dear child, I saw you today. The Lord gave me this, and I know it's for many of us. This is his prophetic love letter over your life right now before you take communion. As you prepare to take this communion in remembrance of Jesus, as I read this letter, I want you to put the picture up of Jesus. I want you to remember what Jesus did on the cross. That's a replication, an image of a crown of thorns and a bloodied face. I'm sure it looked way worse than that. I actually heard that actor talking the other day and he said I didn't want people to know my name I wanted them to see Jesus so as we prepare to take communion here's what I want you to hear Jesus saying to you before you also say to him forgive me purify me I accept your redeeming love it says my dear child I saw you today I heard your whispers of hope and your questions of what's next You are not alone. Online family, you're not alone. I am the God who sees you. I see you in the early morning, and I am with you in the late night hours. I am your creator, and there is nothing in your life that I cannot take care of. There's not a single thought you think that I have not already wrapped my peace and love around it for you. I have the solution, God says. I even know that at times you didn't know what to say to me. God talking. It's okay. I understand your heart. I made it. Today I am reminding you that I see you. I love you. Trust me. Again and again and again. Trust me. Today, child, put your hand in mine. Feel my hand upon your heart. Listen to my whisper in the song of praise as I sing it back to you. Your enemies are under my feet. You will walk in victory. Your doubts are washed away every time you say my name. I want you to picture Jesus. 
hanging on that cross saying these words to you. You will walk in victory. I love you. I took the punishment. I believe in you. I stayed on the cross. You are valuable to me. I went to the sacrifice for you. I have great plans every day for you. Great purposes every day for you. Can I just say that maybe sometimes we don't think it's so great because it's actually our plan we're trying to work out. And it doesn't look like our plan, so we therefore say it's not grace. But he's promising right here today. I have great plans every day. So if this is your day, this is a great plan. If tomorrow is God's day, that's a great plan. Either he's the redeemer 24-7 or he's not. Trust me, says the Lord. You are mine from before I formed you in the womb of life. I fashioned you with this season in mind knowing that you will need my help I have sent my son the redeemer to be everything you need I have sent my spirit to be your comforter in every question I have pinned my words upon the pages inscribed by holy men to endure all generations so you will never wonder what I desire for you read my word Obey my word. Put your life in my word. And watch every moment be filled with the light of my love and the redeeming power I establish for you on that cross. Today, child, my love is taking back what has felt lost. See, he did that for Job. Job got back way more than he ever lost. His life was redeemed. God says, I will restore in abundance all you need for this day. Get ready, child. I have a great ride ahead with you. This is going to be the best next season of your life. Hold tight. Don't ever let go. I got you. Signed, your loving father, Abba, Jehovah Goel. Worship team, will you come as well? As we prepare to take this communion, this redeeming power and mercy of God, I'm going to ask you to stand with me if you could. Peel back that first layer for the wafer and then you'll have the juice. You were not redeemed with corruptible things. Not bought with a price with money or men. But paid for by the blood sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. And he is alive and well, so you can be alive and well. So today, I'm inviting you, as we first partake of the bread, to remember that he made some sacrifices in his body so that our bodies, mind and spirit, could be healed. By his stripes, we are healed. Stop saying I'm sick. Stop holding on to the disease and the diagnosis and say, okay, I know what to pray for. I know what to do, but I am healed. I am walking towards my healing. Somebody say amen. If I'm going to take and remember that he sacrificed for healing, I'm going to believe that he can make legs walk after three years. He can make backs straight after 20 years of scoliosis. Maybe that's you. He can remove diabetes. He can heal cancer. He can restore your brain to a proper function. He can restore speech. He's the healer. So, Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for the sacrifice of your body so that our bodies could be healed. And, Lord, I pray that not one of us would partake in this open communion that we freely offer without examining our heart and our life and saying, Jesus, forgive me if I've doubted you. Forgive me if I've expected death and sickness more than I've expected health and healing. God, I thank you that by your stripes there's healing in this house. There's healing. Right now, I want you, if you need healing, you need to say, God, I receive my healing. I expect my healing. I see my symptoms going away of sickness, and I see the evidence of healing coming right now in the name of Jesus. I decree it in Jesus' name. Let's break the bread and take it together. Lastly, the worship team is going to come and sing a song. But as we take this communion, 
I want you to ask the Lord, is there something in me today, God, that I need to say, change me, forgive me, redeem my thoughts, redeem my actions, redeem my vision for tomorrow, redeem my purposes and my passions for what you've called me to do in this place, at this time, in this season. Will you say it with me? I want every one of us to make a commitment. I don't want one person to be left out. There's going to be a lot of people in heaven, and I see your faces right now. I'm just telling you. I may not see it in the, in the natural, but in the supernatural, when we get to heaven, I want to say, I remember you were at ICF Rome on that July 2023. You didn't give up. I'm so thankful we made it together. You're here. I don't want one of you. Hear me. I don't want one of you to be standing at the gate of hell saying, she never told me. She never gave me an opportunity. I don't want to be responsible for that. But will you pray with me? I know it matters if your heart means it, but I'm telling you, sometimes we say it by faith, not by feeling. And God will take what you say by faith and he will turn it into a beautiful feeling of acceptance and redemption. So pray this prayer with me and worship team, you can help me. I'll say it, then you say it, and those are in Italian, you'll say it. Dear Lord Jesus. Dear Lord Jesus. Caro Gesù. I'm sorry for my sins. I'm sorry for my sins. Perdoname. Come into my life. Come into my life. Into my mind. Into my mind. Take all of me. Take all of me. I give you all of me. I give you all of me. From this day forward. From this day forward. For the rest of my life. For the rest of my life. I choose you, Jesus. I choose you, Jesus. I receive your love. I receive your love. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your forgiveness. Write my name in your book. Write my name in your book. Lord, put it in strong ink that it won't be erased. Put it in strong ink that it won't be erased. Because I will not erase you from my life, Jesus. Because I won't erase you from my life, Jesus. Come on, tell him. I will not erase you. I will not erase you. I seal you on my heart, Jesus. I seal you on my heart, Jesus. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your redeeming love. Thank you for your redeeming love. I'm pure in Jesus' name. I'm pure in Jesus' name. I belong to Jesus. I belong to Jesus. lift your hands for just a moment the worship team is going to come but I just want to pray over you Lord I thank you for every person in this room I thank you Lord God that as we close in our song of worship and praise that we do say to you Lord you know the needs that are represented here and I pray in Jesus name for every need represented in this room that they will know that you are the redeemer you can redeem health you can redeem family you can redeem finances you can redeem dreams if that's you in this place and something in the message has spoken to you, I want you to begin to lift your hand and say, Jesus, I receive. Jesus, I receive. He's doing something new in your brain. He's doing something new in your heart. Jesus, I receive this powerful, redeeming love. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, isn't the Word of God amazing? It's life-giving. It's faith-breathing. It's transpiring your destiny for this week. I want you to know that Every time I make a video for you, I invite you to join me to agree together for what God wants to do in your life. So the first thing I want to do is say, you know what, maybe there's been some things in your life this week, maybe something in the message you listened to makes you realize, God, I need to give you a new commitment. Jesus, I need to trust you in a brand new way. Maybe he needs to redeem some things in your circumstance. I want to invite you right now to pray with me and to send me an email that you have prayed this prayer because I want you to know you're not going to do this faith journey alone. And he is going to help you do it in a brand new way. So agree with me and pray with me. After I pray, you pray, okay? Dear Lord Jesus, you say it. Dear Lord Jesus, I invite you. I invite you right now to take full authority in my life. Forgive me for anything 
that has taken me off course, forgive me and help me to trust you in every way. Lord, from this day forward, for the rest of my days, I will keep holding your hand, holding on to your word, and trusting you with every detail of my life. Today, Jesus, you say it, today, Jesus, I belong to you, and I receive your love and your healing in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You prayed that prayer with me. I want you to send us an email. I've got people that have been online that have walked into the church campus and said, that was me, and now I'm here and I need community of faith. So I also want to pray this prayer with you because I believe that your miracle is in motion. And I believe that in this summer, God is wanting to do something new in each of us. And our miracles are in motion. Our lives are in motion. We're in new seasons, but he hasn't walked away. He's walking right beside us. And so I want to pray with you for whatever you have need of. And I want you to know that when you write us, we are praying for you. You are not doing this life or this journey or this process alone. So Father, right now, I pray for your son and your daughter that are watching online on campus. I pray for the ones who are traveling. I pray for the ones who are moving to Rome and looking for that place to belong. I pray for the ones who are watching online and saying today, God, I needed a word from you. Let this be the word right now, Lord Jesus, that you're with your daughter, that you're with her family. God, let this be the word for your son, that you have a calling on his life, that you're with him, that you're walking with him, that anointing and favor is upon him. And Lord, for that miracle in motion, whether it be physical or financial or relational, let your child of faith say, Lord, I will keep trusting you. So Father, I thank you for the miracle in motion. I thank you for the supernatural intervention and everything your child needs. And I pray that in this moment, faith would feel alive and fresh and we have a new outlook for the week ahead. I love you and I bless you in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. So now I want to say, don't forget to write. Don't forget to join us online. Thank you for what you're doing to be a part of our global worldwide family. God is doing miracles and you're a part of it. I love you.